imagine if your tape measure, your ruler was just wrong. If it was a quarter an inch off on every increment that you use that tool on. Yeah. You might as well just not use it at that point. It's not, it's no longer helpful. We know that in this world of small business, a corner that is too often cut is looking at having either a firm or a process that gives you accurate and up-to-date financial data. Without that type of tool in your tool belt or in your toolbox, you're really not going to be able to be able to measure and apply your strategy that you want. So the big question is this, how do small business owners like us grow our leadership, develop our teams and scale our business in a way that allows us to get our products and services out to the world yet still remain profitable? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Bradley Hamner and this is the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. My name is Bradley Hamner, your host. On today's episode, we have Peter Widmeyer. He is an account manager and CFO forecaster at Club Capital. We're going to be talking all things cash and cash flow. If you're a business owner, which obviously almost all of you are, you know the importance of having cash in your business. As a matter of fact, it's really oxygen of your business. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Peter Widmeyer. This podcast is brought to you by Autopilot Recruiting. Join over 1,200 State Farm agents in putting your recruiting on Autopilot. Any successful insurance agent will tell you how important team is. Finding those rock star team members doesn't happen when left to chance. It happens through consistent recruiting. You never know when you're going to lose a team member. And the key to an incredible team is constantly searching for the best talent. Autopilot Recruiting is a continuous recruiting service where you'll be assigned a recruiter that has been trained to recruit on your behalf every business day. This recruiter will take over and revamp your career plug, send out assessments, do pre-screened phone interviews, and schedule your in-office interviews. All you need to do is to show up and give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This ongoing service is extremely affordable and a no-brainer for taking your insurance agency to the next level. Listeners of the Club Capital Leadership Podcast, go to autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. Again, autopilotrecruiting.com and use the code CLUBCAPITAL to get started. Peter, welcome to the Club Capital Leadership Podcast. All right. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be on. <laughs> excited to have you. So as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about cash and cash flow. But before we get into any of that, we always do a little bit of background. So why don't you tell people a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So of course, I'm an account manager and CFO forecaster at Club Capital. I've been actually, this month is be coming up on two years. Two years will be in just about three or four days of me being on the team. I'm from Maryland, which Club Capital is based out of Maryland, and uh, grew up here, went to college at the University of Maryland, went to the School of Business, went on to work in the hospitality industry. Of course, we all know what happened. COVID kind of came through and hit. As I worked in uh, more of the financial side there and cost control, it really segued perfectly into you know, helping small business owners. As I was looking constantly at profit and loss sheets, and I was looking at controlling my employee expenses and marketing and hospitality translated perfectly over the club capital and uh, haven't looked back since. So I'm uh, very happy to not only be on the podcast, but get to talk about things like cash flow and how we can help some small businesses here. Yeah. Awesome. So 
your Terrapin, Maryland Terrapin. Yep. Had some good basketball teams at times in the past for sure. All right. So I want to start in this idea because this was my personal journey. I mean, look, anybody listens to podcast knows I'm an Auburn Tiger and behind me is my degree and that I got my degree in finance and I'm embarrassed to say, but it is the honest truth. I got my degree in finance. I've been able to figure out net present value of an asset, but I could not figure out how to run business financials. I didn't know an income statement. I didn't know a balance sheet. I mean, I kind of loosely knew enough to pass and get decent grades in school, but I didn't know what it means when it actually came down to business. And one of the biggest things with that, and I think I've shared this before, is I did not differentiate the difference of profit and cash. Profit and cash. And when I made the first profit in my business, my accountant at the time said, congratulations, made $30,000 in profit. And I was like, where is that money? Right. <laughs> like, I, I need that. that money. Like, is that in yes. some fantasy account somewhere that I need? And that is embarrassing to say, but that's the honest goodness truth. Let's just talk about that, though. The difference in profit and cash, Peter. As I knew it was going to be coming on a podcast, I put together five very, what I saw was very strong points in this conversation. And quite literally, the very first bullet point that I had to talk about today is failing to realize differences between cash flow and profitability, yeah. right? As someone who has a lot of clients at Club Capital, and I meet with probably between six to seven agents a day that I talk to, and I get that response every time or every day, at least, of saying, okay, uh, agent from New York, seems like year to date, you've profited X amount of dollars, and here's your tax liability as a result of that. They're like, whoa, hold on. That number seems... Like you, you must have the wrong account. I definitely haven't felt like I've made that much so far this year. That must be somewhere. In it. I can't see it. Exactly what you just mentioned. And between things like you know, loan repayments, taxes, deductions from your carrier, all these different things can factor into changing what you're actually making in terms of cash that's coming to your pocket at the end of the day. And similar to yourself, when I was in school, it wasn't really until I started operating. And first it was in hospitality, but now it's with my clients at Club Capital that I really did see what you're profiting on paper can be different than the cash in your account, which is also why when you look at a lot of our clients or people who might do their own books, for example, Mm -hmm. they might think that skimming their bank statement is going to tell them how much profit they're making or vice versa, uh, looking at a just a P&L and having an idea of how much cash they'll have next month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two very different conversations, both maybe important things to be looking at, but understanding the context of what report will give you what type of number and how you can plan accordingly. So true. What makes me feel better, actually, because I was like, well, maybe I can't be the only one that's had that experience because I'm looking in my bank account. The bank account has whatever thousand dollars. And then you're telling me it made thirty thousand dollars. I don't understand. Shouldn't they match up? And so what I think is that. It's not about you having to be necessarily analytical, okay? Some people listening are not necessarily a numbers person per se, but to run a healthy business, Mm -hmm. it's critical. This is a hat that you need to be able to wear so you can make better decisions in the business. So one of the, I mentioned obviously balance sheet income statement, but one of them probably most overlooked is the cash flow statement yes. itself. And obviously we don't turn this whole podcast into just talking about cash flow statements per se. But can you just speak about that? 
Absolutely. And this is something, especially for very large or widely known uh, accounting documents, you have an income statement, a balance sheet. You can think about like a general ledger that keeps track of all your transactions. And the fourth one is statement of cash flows. That is probably the least talked about, especially among maybe the, you know, maybe if you've got a bunch of CPAs together, they might talk about that. But before you're talking about uh, expenses or other general items that you're typically looking at, how much cash has come in the business and how much has come out, whether it be for your liability payments, loans, your credit card, the, the interest on that, your estimated tax payments. When you talk about owner draws, or if you're a sole proprietor or even an S-corp owner, the amount you're paying to yourself on a regular basis, mm-hmm. all of these things factor in that might not be on a P&L. For example, the distributions that a sole proprietor takes is not going to be listed on the profit and loss sheet, right? right? Likewise, if you're making liability payments, if you're paying off a loan, a lot of our carriers, like let's say maybe the Allstates, for example, or other agents who might own their book of business, you have a very large loan payment to make every single right. month potentially right. tens of thousands of dollars that isn't going to be listed on a P&L right. you have to figure into. And sometimes, and especially with a lot of carriers, your carrier, after you make your total revenue, is deducting items from your main source of payment. So you may have produced $40,000 worth of revenue, but by the time you actually get that money hit your account from your carrier, it could turn into $32,000, $30,000, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Good point. And that was actually part of the experience that I was driving a vehicle as an example, because you were talking about loan payments, whether it's a loan payment to the bank for buying the book of business or whether it was a loan payment for my vehicle, I was like, wait a minute, where's the $600 payment I've made throughout the year? And then it was, we'll call it account at Technobabble yes. that I could <laughs> not understand. They said, well, that's a balance sheet item. I said, what yep. does that mean? I do not understand what that means. And I got frustrated. But I said, okay, I've got to speak the language. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but Warren Buffett says the language of business is accounting. The language of business is accounting. And I think that the more we get to that point of kind of embracing the fact of like, okay, this is a role I need to own and understand, you can begin to lean into it so that at least you know enough to be dangerous so that whenever you're talking to Peter, you can understand why these things are so important so you can make better decisions in your business. So I'm curious, you mentioned that you talk to several business owners every single day, and there are common, I'm sure there's common pitfalls. We'll call them some common cash flow pitfalls that you see every day. What are those? And I guess maybe what's the corollary? What's the opposite things? If those are the pitfalls, what are the opposite things that we can actually do that are healthy? Absolutely. So like I mentioned, I kind of had came into this with five items that just I call maybe even similar to FAQs, right? What am I hearing every day? Or what am I talking to even my clients or our club capital clients or when we're forecasting? What are we looking out for? So the first one we already mentioned, just understanding the difference between the cash flow and the profitability, which we got into that just a moment ago. One of the very common ones that maybe Agents who have already established a book of business, you've been open for a couple of years. A large one there is your renewal cycle. You know, a lot of it we talk about, okay, well, we're talking to other PNC insurance agents who work off of a renewal base. Very large question that comes up, okay, well, how large is your book? Right. That question kind of helps determine, okay, well, if you're making, let's say, 10% commission on what you get on your book, generally you can just divide that book size by 10 and you know how much revenue you're going to make for the year for renewal. 
if that was $120,000 in renewal commission, that'd be $10,000 a month. The difference is it's not always exactly $10,000 a month. So when it comes to cash flow, very commonly, let's say November and January tend to be very low months for people renewing, whereas June, July tend to be very good. So as you go into the winter months, maybe typically your checks for renewals are looking more like ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars in that example. But come November, all of a sudden, for you not really doing anything wrong, but now you're talking about maybe a seven or eight thousand dollar check. Mm. Right. Yeah. Now at Club Capital, for example, especially with CFO services, we take this into consideration and plan ahead for it. But if especially if you're a relatively newer agent or you've recently got an assignment or a new book of business, you may not be familiar with when people are going to renew and when those big changes come. So especially if you're trying to grow or scale your business, if you're not looking out for that, it can be quite a surprise when you get that check come in and you look at that compensation statement from your care and you're like, whoa, where did this big variance come from? You know, It should be double this amount. What happened? Well, people just weren't renewing at that time, which greatly affects cash flow. That is one of the areas. Another area is, and we see this with especially carriers that offer different bonus programs and incentives at the end of the year, or I guess toward the beginning of the year. When agents get those large end of year bonuses, treating those almost as like the cash cow of the year and maybe not operating on a profitable level monthly. I've personally seen this and it can be very deceiving where you could have a a large agency, you've been open for quite a while, and you could be getting a six figure at State Farm, we call it a scorecard, other carriers, they have like an annual bonus and most of the carriers will do it in the first quarter of the year to help people out with taxes. But when you receive that, that's a lot of cash you're getting up front. But on the monthly basis, you might be at a break even or potentially losing money. Yes. Now you're able to operate your business still. But when you're coming into that, you're receiving cash at one time. And that makes it very difficult to then plan proactively for us for the rest of the year mm-hmm. and also be able to adjust to other issues as they come up in the office and for growing and scaling. Yes. Not to mention those bonuses, there's no guarantee that they're always stay the same, especially for those who are listening who may not be or who are with different carriers. A lot of our carriers, especially with the way that we've had rate increases and large changes to the commission structure, they are subject to change at any time. And you don't really want to be in a position where you're not used to running a profitable business monthly or on a normal, regular basis, and you're only living for that scorecard to come through. Or if you're waiting until March or February for that annual bonus to come in, in December, you start sweating a little bit. You're like, man, you know, this is, I got to start reducing how much office paper I'm buying here or how much printer paper I'm bringing on because I got to kind of wait for that bonus to come in. That's so good. I mean, it's just solid business to be profitable every single month and not have this get out of jail free card right. that you pull once or twice a year that then covers all of the sins throughout the year, right? Of like, I'm not profitable. Now, you would also say too, that if somebody makes the strategic decision, they have forecasted, they've worked with someone like you, and that I have made the decision that I am going to run the business unprofitably for this period of time at this amount, 
And they go through and they execute that because they believe in this larger payoff that happens in the future. And that's the decision you want to make. You have the ability to make that decision as the business owner, but you're being proactive and intentional about it instead of it just happening and not realizing. Absolutely. And in that exact scenario, if you're going to have that type of strategy, to play that strategy effectively, you have to be very in tune on a monthly basis of exactly how much you're able to go in that negative. Very And too often I've seen where you have that strategy, but it might be, okay, I make a lot of money in the year. At the end of the year, I make this large amount of net profit and I'm taxed accordingly. I can just go negative a couple months or break even. Generally speaking, would that be a strategy? It would. But can you quantify that? Can you say, and this goes into my next topic for burn rate, how far can you go? Are you actually every month measuring that tactic to make sure you're not going too far? Because you can't really arbitrarily say, I'm just going to be comfortable losing money. Well, how much? Like exactly how much are you trying to reduce your tax liability? Yeah. Having and meeting at that point monthly would be necessary to make sure you have a finger on the pulse there to make sure you're not going too far behind. Uh, Now, if you're able to do that, and if you have a service like ours or you are using us or forecasting that ahead, that could be a viable strategy. It's just for the typical agent who might already not be paying that close attention to their books, that would be a very risky position to put yourself in. Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah. Next one, uh, burn rate. Absolutely. So I kind of tie this into something I'd heard on the podcast a couple weeks or months ago. Growth and scaling. They're two different things. And I've always, I've had an idea for quite some time, but I think it was Coach Pete, if I'm not mistaken, broke that down a couple episodes ago. I'd suggest anybody who's listening to this podcast go back and listen to that one. I kind of view it where if you're an agent looking to grow the business and make efforts there, or you're looking to really make that next step, go to the next level and scale the business. When you want to do those things, obviously, whether it be bringing on more team, maybe even increasing the size of your office or moving, typically you have to use cash and front cash to get that. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you do want to really change the structure of how your team works and maybe separating out dedicated service employees and dedicated sales employees or having people that are working on life and health sales dedicated and splitting that out and scaling that way, you have to, of course, train people and hire them and pay thousands of dollars to do that. Now, when you're doing that, you have to, very much what I was saying with the agents who might look at having and expecting to have a loss over the next couple of months, burn rate measures how long can you go with being able to take that loss versus the amount of cash you have in your account right now and the amount of money you plan on bringing in. Mm-hmm. So for an example, let's say you hire a new employee at a base salary, $35,000. Mm-hmm. When they're brand new, you're training them. They're not maybe licensed just yet. And you're paying their base salary for maybe two months worth of time until they're able to produce. Mm-hmm. From that point, once they actually start to produce, they're producing a couple policies per month, maybe adding some dollar value and helping to offset their base salary. So you're losing a little bit less. Then as time goes on, they're making more money. They're selling more policies. You as the agent are losing less. And by the time you get to about 15 months, when they have enough through their renewals they've generated and the new policies they've sold, then you're actually making some money each month. 
the difference in between day one and that month 15 or so, you have to realize how much each month you're losing and how much you need that employee to produce in order to slow down the burn rate. If you can imagine. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I think that's so good because, and then given 15 months, that's assuming everything else stays exactly the same and that you as the owner are able to be disciplined about not going into the cookie jar (laughs) and pulling cash out, right? Because you expected a $2,000 a month loss burn rate. Okay, I can do that. But then you were like, oh, I forgot about the $400 I pulled out of the the ATM. Oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. And now that $2,000 becomes $5,000 quickly. Very quickly. And that's where you get back to you sit down at the end of the year and say, oh, man, I didn't think I had made this much or where did this money go where it's all sitting here on paper. And really, what it ultimately comes down to is just like you would hold your employees accountable or your team members accountable. In that situation, you need them to, over time, produce a certain number of policies to make up for that difference. But you also have to hold yourself as the business owner accountable as well. And that's especially with insurance, most of the time we're single owner, single operator businesses. You may not have that person in your corner kind of holding you responsible to those production numbers. That's right. right? All right. We'll bring it home with number five. All right. And of course, this is as a account manager and forecaster at Club Capital, I'm going to be saying this, but having accurate historic financial data to anticipate changes. It is exceptionally important. And I want to highlight the accurate part of it. If you're going to work on any project, if you're, let's say you're a DIY, or if you're really working on anything, one of the most important tools you're ever going to have is that tape measure or that ruler. Imagine if your tape measure, your ruler was just wrong. If it was a quarter an inch off on every increment that you use that tool on. Yeah. You might as well just not use it at that point. It's not, it's no longer helpful. We know that in this world of s- small business, a corner that is too often cut is looking at having either a firm or a process that gives you accurate and up-to-date financial data. Without mm-hmm. that type of tool in your tool belt or in your toolbox, you're really not going to be able to be able to measure and apply your strategy that you want. We mentioned that with maybe agents having certain strategies for taxes and whatnot. If you can't really measure accurately measure that throughout the course of a year, good luck getting that strategy to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, right? If, sure. if you want to stand on a deck by somebody who doesn't have an accurate tape measure, I might stay inside, right? That might be a better idea for me. And of course, that's why we as a company, we have grown even in the short time I've been here by hundreds of agents and been able to provide not only the level of providing accurate finances, but also forecasting for that reason. We just see kind of a lack of it in this space. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, definitely the forecasting piece of being able to look forward to accurately plan, not just always looking backwards on what happened in the past is a big change for sure. Well, here's some of my big takeaways, obviously, from the five kind of pitfalls or FAQs that you guys get. Profit is not cash. And I shared a little bit of my story understanding the renewal cycles, the cash cycles in the business, which that's business one-on-one. I mean, any business understands, you know, if you're a ice cream shop, you're probably going to have more revenue in the summer months than you are in December, exactly. or November, right? 
and why would an insurance agency be any differently? I think not relying on your bonuses, those once a year, twice a year timeframes to be able to cover some of the losses throughout the year, knowing the burn rate, knowing your burn rate of what that's going to be so that if you make investments, how long is your cash going to be able to withstand? And if it doesn't, you better have access to cash, whether that's through a line of credit, through the bank. And then, as you mentioned, and very clearly spelled out, having accurate historical data. And I really thought that was a good analogy around you know, if you're measuring this quarter of an inch off everywhere, that adds up over over time. You might as well not do that. And I thought that was really good. Peter, anything else you want to share? Uh, that's a lot of what I had. Like I said, I really think that a lot of these ideas around cash flow really can trip you up. I know that it might not be or might not seem like the biggest difference, but believe me, once you do an end of your evaluation and you have that conversation, like we both mentioned of why do I feel like I didn't make this much money? Then you might want to look into it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, if this podcast has been helpful to you, would you consider sharing it? I'm sure that maybe like many of you, you probably had the podcast referred to you from someone else. And so if this has been helpful. Pass it along to one of your small business owner friends. want to give a big shout out to our podcast sponsors. Obviously, we couldn't do it without Club Capital. So make sure you go to club.capital, book a demo with somebody on the team so that you can become a part of the club and uh, having an amazing account manager like Peter coming on and he can sit there and walk through with you every single month your financials so you can make better decisions in your business. Also, Coach P Consulting, it's so important to be able to invest in your team and know that you have the money to be able to invest in the development of your team because your team is your absolute best asset and you get A players like Peter on. And then, of course, if you know you need to be recruiting on a regular basis, that's where our newest sponsor, Autopilot Recruiting, comes in. Go to autopilotrecruiting.com and use the promo code Club Capital. Peter, it's been great having you on, my friend. Bradley, thank you, as always. All right, everyone, lead well. <laughs>